time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. This is the post-President's Cup edition of uh, of our podcast, and uh, it's the end of the season. It's also the start of the season. It all happened in one week. The ending start. <laughs> yeah. Alpha With, and Omega. The, the President's Cup was last week? Believe it or not, it was. Was, it, was there matches played? There were some. Uh, in fact, there were some. quite a few. 30 matches. And uh, it was a lopsided victory, obviously. We'll get into that mm-hmm. right now. But first of all, I should say that uh, I am run. And I am Bob. How are you doing? Uh, I am back to uh, back Bob Weeks. Weeks, TSN golf analyst, and you are? <laughs> Jamie Rattle, TSN golf producer. Here we are. Uh, this is the and I guess it's sort of the end of our second year of uh, podcasting here. Second yeah, season, much, anyway. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, uh, Mr. Mr. Bump, what was your uh, sentiment about the President's Cup? I was actually really looking forward to the President's Cup, but, um, you know, I watched a lot of it. Um, I was disappointed in the result, um, that it was so lopsided. Um, But, uh, you know, in the end, you know, what everybody was saying beforehand was proved to be true. Um, That American team is very strong, one of the stronger ones we've probably ever seen, and they played like it, every single one, top to bottom. Um, even Charlie Hoffman, who was the only one with a losing record, you know they kind of they conceded. They probably could have maybe gotten a half out of uh, out of their one match with Lahiri and uh, and Kimba conceded it appropriately. But uh, it was a they were all impressive. It's it's a um, I mean I know it was a dominant performance. We we know that it wasn't the point wise it wasn't the most dominant performance. Right. Um, I do think kind of going in on Sunday that the American team was probably a little bit half-hearted. Uh, Patrick Reed said at the press conference afterwards that it was a weird feeling to kind of go out there knowing that you only had to get one point in 12 matches. And he'd, he right. also said something which I thought was a little bit off off mark where he said, you know, we probably could have put three players out there and found a way to get a point. Yeah, I think that was a little... Uh, was a yeah, a I blow. agree with that. Like, I think it was a low blow. It's probably true, but it's uh, it's a bit of a low po- blow. But possibly true. Yeah. Like, you know, that's... You have to get two halves there. Right. You're not guaranteed to get two halves. They ended up they ended up only winning three matches. Right. Having three. Um, you know, and I think I think they wanted to win that session. So, I'm sure they're... I'm sure they weren't fully fully committed to it but I think Steve Stricker said it we want to win every session right no team no President's Cup team has ever done it and they didn't so I, I and they didn't and I believe that they they wanted to so you know again if the top international players again um, did not perform uh, yeah Jason Day simple. Jason Day won his first match in two President's Cups in the singles on Sunday and Hideki Matsuyama um you know, third-ranked player in the world, takes himself out of mm-hmm. play because he's too tired on, on Saturday afternoon. I thought, man, you mean you can't really, you can't just sit your own self because you're too, you, you've got to be the horse. You've got to be the guy who goes out right. there. And and right through the lineup, with the exception maybe of Brandon Grace, um, you know, it's, it was and pretty. Louis. Yeah, and Louie. It was pretty dismal. And um, and I think that's, I feel sorry for Nick Price who kind of tried to drive these guys through. But I, I think the good thing is that Nick Price is kind of established now some sort of a necessity of building more than just the week of 
if that makes sense. I mean, he's set up yeah. a he set yeah. up a legacy of captains now. We've got guys who are going to work their way through Ernie Els, Mike Weir, Jeff Ogilvy, and then I think he's also kind of stressed the point that maybe these internationals should do something in the off year, get together, go to the Bahamas and play golf, or um, just you know bond a little bit, or or not mm-hmm. come in so blind in terms of of pairings and things like that, which I think is a good step yeah. forward. Well, and I think I think too, you know, despite you know he's done a lot to, you know petition the PGA Tour to get the point totals down, which, you know, I really don't think they need to go down anymore. I think the 30 points is is all right. I, but I, I do think that he did make some noticeable errors um, in his pairings. Um, and maybe it was because the U.S. was so dominant. But again, like, you know, like you talked to Adam Hadwin, you know, him and Mark Leishman play the same ball. Why aren't they playing together? Well, I think I, – I think – as a captain, anytime you win, you're a genius. Anytime you lose, you're <laughs> you're just a uh, a bum, right? And you can be questioned on everything you do. But I think they thought things through. I know talking to Mike Weir, he said, you know, they they rack their brains on how to put the combinations together and how to try and make them things work. And you want to put your strongest ones out there. And I think Leishman and Day right. wanted to play together. They should have been one of the strongest groups uh, on that team. Uh, for some reason, obviously, they weren't. And, and and the same thing you can say with uh, with Adam Scott and whoever he was playing with. I mean, Adam Scott should have yeah, been a leader. But I felt gets... bad for Johnny Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, as I say, it's it's easy to look back and uh, with hindsight at it, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if there would have been any combination that could have handled these guys anyway. Right, yeah. And, and you know, the Leishman day didn't work because Jason Day wasn't working. Um, you know, Mark Leishman in those matches made a chip in from off the green to win a hole. Um, made some part, made some long par saves, but Jason Jason Day for the most part was non-existent for until you know he'd show flashes, but then you know, but then the next ball's in the water. And then, um, yeah, and and I mean, let's not overlook the fact that Adam Hadwin wasn't exactly playing his greatest either. He played exactly. He yeah. played well in the first four ball session, and then played well the last say seven or eight holes of the match against Mickelson. But aside from yeah. that, he was he was pretty mediocre. But yeah, and I think even that pairing of Scott and Hadwin that he threw out there, just thrown out there, really, right? Like it was, it was just a throw out there. They don't play the same ball. They didn't play any practice round together leading up. Um, just seems strange, and probably, probably one of the reasons why potentially, you know, Adam Hadwin was out of sync. Could be because he just wasn't comfortable. Maybe potentially just not comfortable with the ball, but. Uh, it's, you know the Americans. The Americans didn't really let up anything. If they lost a couple of holes, they just get them back. And and on the back end, there from about fourteen, fifteen, they were, in, they were unbelievable. They, they are unbelievable. So, um, you know, full like, marks to the U.S. team for for doing it. And you know, I don't know what they can do to get the international internationals top players to play better because you know Jason Day with one win and two Presidents Cups after going 3-1-1 one, and one the year before, is not good enough. Adam Scott's record is not good enough. And Hideki's record's not good enough. When it comes right down to it, uh, you know, it's, it's as Nick Price said, it's it's all about making putts, and that's what they didn't do enough of. Right. So, right. so having said all that, you just said that you don't think you should change the points. Would you change anything about it to try and make it more competitive, or what would you do? Yeah, I think the points are I, – I do, I do enjoy the fact that they spread it out over the four days. I do too. I, I really do like that. Always have. Um, I don't believe that you need to play a guy two sessions. I, I, I just, you know, for the internationals, that's just, you know, their depth obviously is not as as strong as the U.S. teams. 
Um, but I, I believe that the two minimum shouldn't be. Right. Um, play your guys how you want to play your guys. What you're saying is that um, each player has to play in two of the first four matches. That's right. The rule that's right what now. they. Yeah. Yeah. That's the rule right now. I don't think that should be a rule. Um, I, I would, I would bet that the captain will put the guy out at least once before singles, because that has proven, <laughs> the Ryder Cup has proven that you can't do that. Right. Um, but I don't believe they need to play more than one match or the captain has the choice to put out what pairings he wants to put out. What do you think about changing up the way they pair things up? So the two captains right now sit across from each other and Nick Price puts one up and then Steve Stricker matches and then Steve Stricker puts one up and Nick Price matches. Uh, I I think it'd be better if you do it. Uh, There's a little more hidden strategy to it. If you just do it um, like they do in the Ryder cup where you put up your four, they put up their four and you reveal. Yeah. In the, in the end for the, in the, in these matches, you know, Nick Price couldn't really do anything because, you know, he'd throw somebody out there and, and Stricker could counter. Um, I just don't I, – I don't – I kind of I kind of actually at the beginning like that little thing where the guys are going back and forth and throwing guys out there because you can get the matchups you want. Well, you got that's, – that's the way you got Mike Weir and Tiger Woods. Right, exactly. And I'm sure – I'm sure in the Ryder, Ryder Cup, or maybe they don't, they probably, like, drop little hints here and there. But uh, – in the end, I don't, I don't know if they do. And so I like the fact that I might get to see Jordan Spieth and Jason Day, for example, right. at some point in time. Um, but a, for the, in the end, for strategy's sake, it's not easy to have a strategy if you're trailing. Right, exactly. You, you, you basically, if it gives a big advantage to the team that's leading, I think. Right, I agree. Um, and But it, it's, you know, it's... You know, I, I don't. I actually, I don't mind the thirty points. I think, I think dropping it down. I like that the Presidents Cup has some different things, but uh, you know, I think the internationals, like you said, like you talked to Mike Weir said, you know, they got to do something to be more cohesive, like the Euros. You know, these guys most of the time aren't the. You know, probably don't play a lot of practice rounds together, unlike the Euros who play all the time. You know, well, and even Phil Mickelson, um, you know, goes out and plays with a lot of those young guys, and you think, right. oh, well, that's that's. What's that all about? But in, in the, I don't know if it's actually purposeful for President's Cups and Ryder Cups, but it sure works mm-hmm. out. Maybe Jason yeah, Day should it, be doing it that. It absolutely you know? does. Yeah, so maybe they need to, you know, Jason Day plays practice rounds with, you know, guys on the U.S. team. Right. Right, more or less. Um, so I think, I and, and it's, and you know, that's, you know, and they play with Europe, the Europeans, you know what I mean? Like, so... You know, I don't think there's a way to combine all the Europeans and the and the internationals and the U.S. into one competition. No, but but you know, I think the internationals need to do make more of an effort to go to the systems that has made the Euros the Euros successful, which then the Americans then focused on. Well, it's a winning formula. It clearly, is a winning formula. So they need to just make the effort, I think, is is to play practice rounds more together. That's it. Um, I agree. And and maybe that maybe that enough maybe that's enough. Cuz the matches some of the matches have been close recently. Yes. Um, they're not all blowouts. Uh, they oh, Korea two years Korea. ago. That's what Nick in, Price in said. In Muirfield, it was it was pretty close, at least close into the singles, right? Yeah, um, and Nick Price actually said it, you know, he wanted to lobby to change the points again after uh, but he said, you, you know, after a one-point loss in Korea, how are you going to go back and say, hey, we need right. we need more help? You can't really do it. So this this should be regarded, you know, I know they've won seven in a row, but this should be regarded as a little bit of a one-off 
being this lopsided a win, even though there have been more right. lopsided wins in the past. But right, right. Um, let's move on to the new season. It starts this week. It starts this week. <laughs> we had a we had a couple right days into off. it. No off season. And it was interesting. I had a conversation with uh, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the tour, and I asked him if the PGA Tour needs a bona fide off season. And he said, you know, you can go back to the 50s and 60s, and there were always 47 events. He said, that's what we've right. got now. He said, you know, it's up to the players to decide how many they want to play, and he doesn't think they really need it. They've got sponsors who are willing to put up the money. They've got people who want to host mm-hmm. tournaments, so, you know, why not? Um, it's, it's, he did admit that for the guys like him and I and you, <laughs> that it's a, it's a little bit longer season because we're here a little bit more often than, say, all the players are. But, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, we've got one underway. It's uh, the Safeway Open in uh, Napa, California. Good way to start. And two new Canadians making their debut as full-time tour members this year, uh, Ben Silverman and Corey Connors. What do you think of, uh, of, their, um, of their chances of making an impact here this year? Well, you know, we've been, we've been following, especially Corey, for a number of years. Um, in his progression from national team member, you know, playing at Kent State, one of the top amateurs in the world, uh, you know, through the U.S. through his U.S. amateur runner-up, and and he, he made the semifinals two years in a row. Um, we even, so we, I, we I even think, visited him in Listowel, his hometown. That's right, in Listowel, hometown. Like I played the Masters, plays uh, qualified for the U.S. Open this year. You know, I think his progression is kind of like his former teammate Mac Hughes, who you know Corey played on McKenzie Tour, played in PGA Tour Latino America made his way to the web, and now is on the PGA Tour in a pretty short period of time. Um, it, there's been some guys that have made that jump. Mac Hughes is another one of them that that, is, that has done that. So I, I think Corey, you know, he's got a pretty steady game. I think you would agree. Um, you know, and I think having a buddy like Mackenzie Hughes will actually help him, whereas some guys might not have had that. Um like Matt can actually give him some advice. Hey, stay here. This is what you're gonna. This is what you do. Um, play practice rounds with him. Help him figure out courses um, quicker than quicker maybe. Um, so I think Corey Connors. I, I expect Corey Connors to have a pretty decent year. Um, he's a really good golfer. Um, Ben Silverman, I don't know as much about, but toil around the mini tours. He took it the different route, right? He he you, decided you, that he wasn't going to play the uh, PGA Tour Canada. He decided he would go right. and play in the um, mini tours in the states, and and <laughs> I mean he won thirty events on some of the smaller tours down there, and which is which is insane. He didn't really join the the PGA Tour Canada until like two thousand fourteen, I think. He's not a young guy. He's twenty nine. So right. Um, you know that's that's a little bit older than a lot of the graduates who are coming up, but he has just played consistently well year after year after year going up on the tour. He twenty sixteen he had to go back to the web dot com school, but he did okay there. And you know he's right. he's won this year on the on web dot com tour. His his last month and a half has been really good. Yeah, like he's he's made the bulk of his money to earn his card in the regular season, not having to worry about getting it in the web tour finals. But uh, you know, and he finished up in. Uh, in the top fifteen at the Web.com Tour final, he played three played three um, events played three events in August. Went first, tied for seventh, tied for second. So yeah. I mean, that's he, he that's had a, a nice, really nice run. That's good pretty run good there. against that competition. Um, it's not easy out there. It's not easy on the Web.com Tour. Ask uh, you know Adam Svensson who he did to just make one cut to clinch his card and just fell short. Twenty six hundred eighty eight dollars is what yeah. he was short. 
Uh, that's, that hurts. But, you know, in some ways for him, I almost think it's better for him to go back to the web school rather than being the last mm-hmm. guy exempt on the PJ yeah. Tour. I know it's hard for him to say that, but you're not going to get into a lot of events if you're the mm-hmm. last guy to get in. And so you're going to play, if you play the bulk of your tournaments on the web tour, concentrate on that, might be a, a little bit of a benefit for him, but we'll see. I mean, it's, right. I know you want to get to the PJ Tour. It's not quite that easy, but we'll see what he does. Uh, yeah. If I was to ask But you, again, seven seven Canadians, you know, six regulars, and, and David Hearn has some decent status. Yep. Um, and Mike Weir still has past champion status that uh, he can probably what, tap into, but won't get a lot of starts. But, uh, I don't know what Mike again, Weir's like, status is going to be. We'll have to, we'll yeah. have to figure that out, what he's going to do this year. But, the you know, the numbers are growing. Continue to grow or stay steady. So it's, it's you know, it's that... You know the pyramid system. You got more at the bottom, and they're starting to make their way to the top. That's right. Um, if I was to ask you now, which one, which Canadian will finish the best, who have the best season next year, who would you say? I would still say Adam Hadwin. I think um, you know him. Adam making the Tour Championship is just opens up, keeps everything open for him heading into next year. He he'll get into the first three majors, which and then again he'll be in the PGA. I don't suspect he'll fall that far that he won't be in the PGA. So probably play all four majors. He's into the players, WGC events. He's going to be playing the big events with the big players. Um, after you know having this year where he's he was learning, learning how to play with these with these top players, and you know I think now he's got the belief that he can play with the top players. So. Um, I still think it's going to be Adam at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I agree. I think we'll see something good from uh, Graham Dillette. Mm-hmm. I, th- I hope he's going to follow up this year, but his putting seems to have come around mm-hmm. quite a bit. He had a really decent ear putting, which has always been his weak link, and if you can tie that wedge game up just a little bit, um, I think it could help. You saw him come close to, you know, he competed at the PGA Championship. That's a big one, so yep. let's see what he can do too. But I, I agree, Adam's good, but Mac is going to be good. I mean, it's great to be able to have this debate. <laughs> That's right, yeah, with you. exactly. <laughs> what, 10 years ago, we were, we were debating over two guys. Yeah. You know, nobody else was nobody else was staying on tour. They'd come and then go, and then it was Steven and Mike for yeah, years. Exactly. And it is nice to have the debate. And, it you know, it is nice to think about the next President's Cup in Australia and think that there might be multiple Canadians on, that the potential is absolutely there to have multiple Canadians. Before we leave, um, uh, before we leave, let's uh, also touch on uh, the majestic performance down under of uh, Brooke Henderson mm-hmm. in New Zealand, winning the New Zealand Open. That's crazy weather, man. <laughs> the weather was insane. Oh, some of the pictures from down there was insane, <laughs> that they were still playing. I noticed it's gotten a little better. I, I noticed that uh, Elena, both Elena Sharp and Brooke and her sister, and they all stayed around a little bit and doing some sort of right. touristy things, Which uh, and it looked like it was a little bit better weather down there for them. So thank goodness that cleared up. But, I mean, Brooke Anderson now with her fifth win at 20, including a major. Crazy. Uh, three of her five wins have been by four shots or more. Uh, she is just really proving to herself that she's setting up a, to become, you know, the greatest Canadian golfer ever. She still has a way to go. Yeah. I'm not, we're not ready to give her that title just yet. Cause I always remember, no. I always remember when Mike was winning and he got to eight wins, we thought, Oh, well, there's no problem. He's going to pass George Newson. And he stalled right. and got injured. And you know, you never know what, what happens ahead for, for Brooke. But right now five wins, she's second on the all time list amongst Canadian, the LPGA tour players. And, um, she's still got about a half a dozen tournaments left this year. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. They still got that whole swing out in Asia. And and the CME, which you know she's now more in place to win um, than she was 
after the win, but you know, and her performance on Sunday in that wind, um, hitting all fairways, every fairway, um, fourteen, and she, I think she missed two greens, two greens, like that's just that's insane, insanely good play in that conditions, um, in those conditions, and and. Hey, look, are we surprised that Brooke won multiple times this year? Which she's the only LPGA player in the last two years to win multiple times. Right. Um, I don't think we are. I think we were surprised at how she started. She was struggling. Um, just not not the top tens that she was she was getting. But, again, you know, who knows? You know, she could go on a run here. Unfortunately, they're off this week. Yeah. Before they head to Korea. I believe it's Korea is the next one. Um, but... Uh, tremendous performance, and again, like I'm not surprised. I don't think you are. What's with um, what's with that fur coat thing she won? That was your tweet. <laughs> your tweet about that was gold. I don't. I said it looked like she was got an audition for the Game of Thrones or something. Game of Thrones. Was... Yeah, I saw a picture of that. And I'm like, what the? I showed my wife, and and I go, what the heck is this? I'm sure we're she probably was, insulting every New Zealander. Feathers? Every New Zealander. No, but it's a, but... you know, it's a, it's obviously a, it was it was a. It was just funny to see. Yeah, it was sort of some sort of. Uh, ceremonial, but it was a traditional Maori, yeah, yeah. ceremonial dress of ceremonial feathers. Thing, um, it was, but uh, okay. she's she that's not just some of those jackets that the players wear um, yeah. at tournaments are horrible too. So it, it's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen somebody have to put on. No, that's like true. remember that remember that Aztec that when you won Tucson? Oh yeah, they had the, that Ian conquistador uh, helmet you put on Ian Leggett. Yeah, that looked weird. That was it. Looked weird, weird on any golfer. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, the new season is there. Upon you us. go. There's a there's a thing. Tweet us your tweet us the weird weirdest trophy or dress that a person wins. The, the strangest award that someone has given after winning a tournament, male, female, uh, whatever it is, and and don't send the Christy Kerr picture. We know that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, there's but, some uh, weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that one. <laughs> You don't know what I'm talking about. Just Google. <laughs> yeah, just Google it. We can't say it. No. If this was the Rubber Boots podcast, we could. Uh, we probably we could. could. We probably could. Well, anyway. they got some weird. They got some weird ones over in Europe too. I think we'll. Uh, I think maybe that'll be what our topic is for next week. We'll talk about the yeah. strangest ones. All yeah, right, I folks. Think that's a good idea. Uh, that's it for this time. I oh, am, and oh, we oh. should before we go. Yes, we should mention Jared Dutois continued his good play and blitz the field at. Uh, the first stage of web.com qualifying, so hopefully he's on his way to that pro- that uh, progression. I'm going to play golf with Jared next week. How about that? Are you? Out at Cabot Links. Look at you. Yeah. We're going to go out, depending right. on the weather. You're, you are, you know, you're interviewing commissioners you're with <laughs> the best players in the world at the President's Cup. You know, you're all over the, all over the place playing with big-time companies, and now you're playing with Jared Dutois. You're just a, you're a big-timer, Weeksy. I can't wait for my uh, for my vacation. <laughs> when 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 are your memoirs coming out? When are the Weeksy memoirs coming out? I don't know. I don't think you, I... co- you need to come up with a different name. Like Week speaks. There you go. Weeks, that, but that was a segment of yours. That's true. I can't do. You that got to come up with something like guy on the left or whatever James is. Yeah, is. that's you know, right. That yeah, that's good. <laughs> Shanks for the memories. There we go. There you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm with the Christy Kerr. Would the Christy Kerr picture be on that on the cover? <laughs> it'll be one of the. In, I just won't inside. let you wrap this one up. I'm know, not letting I you wrap this, this one up. <laughs> I got to go train. I'm going to run the Chicago right. Marathon on Sunday. Chicago but, Marathon. If I don't, people, if, if there's no bump and run after this, you'll know that I didn't make it. <laughs> it could just be bump. We might have that to get be. the. We might have to get every the opening changed. <laughs> Lola, Lola's going to have to say, "Here's your host, Jamie." There he goes. <laughs> 
All right, I'm I'm Run. I'm Bump. Thanks for listening. Take care.